Good morning. Today is actually uh, June 26th, 2023, which is my birthday. So happy birthday to me. And this, thank you. Thank you. And this is the um, Tell Me About Your Tech Job podcast and uh, iTech 350 summer course. And today um, we have a guest, another graduate. Uh, we this this semester I started looking for grads who had been looking for, for IT professionals and security professionals, networks professionals, anybody who had been closer to graduating. You no, know, so maybe out in the career field a couple of years. Um, last season or last semester of uh, the summer, I did a lot with people who were in like five, six plus years, but I also really like the value and the perspectives of people who are maybe closer to graduating with their undergraduate degree. Um, you graduated, Alex, in December, so just last semester, technically. Yes. Oh, this last semester? Um, last semester is in uh, winter December, semester, December or fall semester, technically. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So we will. So so that's neat, and I'm glad that you stepped up because um, you know the perspective you have and some of the advice you have might be right in line with what some of our students in this class are looking to to hear. But before we get into all of that, let's get started. Could you introduce yourself, Alex? Tell us where you're from. Um, and, uh, what do you like to do for fun? So my name is Alex. I'm from Chicago, Illinois, uh, born and raised, um, a couple of my hobbies outside of just general IT things. I'm a huge geek. I have a huge home lab. That's one of my hobbies, by the way. Home lab. <laughs> oh yes. Um, my biggest hobby since I was about 14 has been electronic music production and DJing. And okay. that did play a vital role in actually me leading up to having an IT career, <laughs> you know, constantly having to troubleshoot why my application isn't able to run, why certain drivers aren't behaving with other drivers. Um, a lot of those skills that you tend to develop from dealing with those issues kind of do form into a conglomerate where once you're in the IT field, you learn about A-B troubleshooting. You know how to apply certain um <laughs> certain uh, methods that are proven in troubleshooting and just how to find information really that's one of the most important skills is being able to track down the answers when you don't have them in your head um and you've exhausted what you know to try to try to to find the solution to a problem um google right um we'll get into more of that but um, so you grew up in the city. What high school did you go to? So I went back and forth between the city and I also went back and forth between the outer, outer suburbs. So about 20 minutes away from the city. I went to two high schools, Main East High School, which is in Park Ridge. I also went to Glenbrook South High School where I graduated in uh, Glenview, Illinois. Okay. And did you have the opportunity to take any technology classes in high school? So very close to technology, actually. I did TV and film. So I took my interest in audio production and I used it um, just uh, learning more about TV and film production. I thought at that time that's kind of where my career was going to be uh, right about now. But uh, interesting, it didn't go exactly that way, but it was um, was one of the places that definitely did lend a helping hand learning what I'm interested in. 
So, you know, a lot of video editing, a lot of sound design, things like that. And that's important stuff because I mm -hmm. think, you know, more and more people are finding themselves, I find myself with responsibility to know how to work with audio, video, media, do a little bit of tweaking on these sound files when I put them up there. And it's not a bad skill to just know kind of that realm. And especially if you're into making your own music, um, I'm sure that that helped. So so you graduated high school. And I always like to ask, like, what's available at these high schools? Because it's interesting to find out, you know, somebody from down here at one of these small high schools versus, you know, what may be available in the big city. Um, so that's neat. Did you um, start out at a, at a community college? I think I read that you did. Yes, I did. I went to the City Colleges of Chicago. I studied at both Truman and Harold Washington. Okay. So I actually took a class up at Truman and uh, got my biology out of the way, saved some money when I was an undergrad. Um, and you did computer science and marketing, it looked I like. I did. So, so I... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. What, what was your, what was that at this point? What was marketing? What was your, what were you thinking? For, you know, for... oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, okay. It's funny. It's really, really funny and interesting. I thought, you know, tech is something that I have as a hobby. You know, I think I really want to go into marketing. I'm a people person. I like to learn about why people like certain things. And down the road, I ended up with a job at Micro Center Electronics. I don't know if you've ever been. Over on Elston? Yes. And yeah. Okay. So after that job, um, there's a sales aspect to it. And there's a technical side. Someone will ask you, what router do I purchase for my home if I have X and Y? And, you know, at the time, obviously, I didn't know too much about networking at that time. But, you know, it's interesting because even those small things there, do lead up uh, to other things like what I was mentioning earlier. I have a family member who's a sales engineer. He said, you know, this is a very viable career path to know both marketing and technology of both because it's very, very rare. So I figured, you know what, I'm going to have all these business classes under my belt, but I think I'm going to go full on pursuing technology. Cool. And, and I think there are some degrees that you know, you, even if you decide it's not within your, you know, what you want to do permanently, that are never going to be, you know, a bad thing to have taken classes in like communication or, or marketing, I'm sure can be helpful business oh, classes, yes. things like that. Um, you know, that those types of things, I think really can help. Um, maybe not as a, in your immediate career field, like when you first get in, but maybe when you're going up to become a manager, maybe when they're looking for you for this special team to to do something and they know you understand the business side of the tech stuff a little better. Um, so you've, you've got your schooling at City Colleges of Chicago. And again, I always tell a uh, huge proponent of community colleges, um, great opportunities to get some credits uh, at a good price close to home and then transfer. So tell us about your transfer. How did you end up deciding to do the, uh, the IST or iTech program? So this is actually really funny. Um, I got on LinkedIn right about that time I was ready to transfer. And, you know, I was looking at the time for some sort of part-time uh, job where I could be doing IT at that time. And I realized I was finding, I was using keywords, by the way, so network engineer part-time. I found so many iTech students 
as opposed to from any other university. So that got me curious. I wanted to see how many of my transfer credits would actually transfer, and it was all of them. So big leading factor there, SIU is so transfer friendly. And, and, and actually, I think I think that there just was something in the news about SIU being record recognized for transfer, um, being being a good transfer option for 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 other colleges. My wife just sent that to me. So yes, that's cool. I'm glad it works out well. That's that's awesome for us to be able to work with colleges that way. So you've you've seen all these iTech students up on LinkedIn, <laughs> and I also reached out to one of them, Kyle Weiss. Yeah, And he was a part of Security Dogs, and I was very, very interested because at that point, I wanted to progress from a network engineer to a cybersecurity analyst or work in sales and cybersecurity. You know, you have to do something of that sort to work into sales. So I was thinking about that, and I wanted to reach out to him, ask him a couple things about Security Dogs. I even uh, got to join a couple days before even formally enrolling which was pretty cool. I got to watch all of the following meetings right up to that date just mm -hmm. to catch up a little bit. And it was really interesting. Okay. So that was another thing. Um, this is uh, something a lot of other colleges have, but SIU historically has done very, very well yeah. in the CDC competitions. And actually one of my supervisors in the network engineering department, um, Greg Pengrezio, do you, have you heard his name? Yep. He, I think was... One of the best in the Midwest, apparently. He was my supervisor very shortly because I think he ended up uh, taking another role. Um, but it was awesome getting to meet him. Yeah, yeah, I've known that name. Uh, I don't didn't know him very well, but I know that name associated with CCDC and competing with SIU's team early on. And then uh, I think uh, met him at some of the events when I was uh, one of the coaches up in Moraine Valley, um, if I remember correctly. Um, so you, um, during your schooling, tell us about what you did when you were an SIU Saluki trying to get that degree. So the main thing I focused on was just on top of getting the degree, getting the certifications before transferring into SIU. I knew this is probably going to be very, very different than just programming and everything else I've done already in community college. I wanted to get the CompTIA A+. Okay. So that I would have at least a good foundation of networking, security, operating systems, et cetera. And after that, you know, I went ahead and got my security plus. And those were the two that I secured before graduating. But I also focused heavily on the network engineering uh, student employee role, try to learn as much as I could. And that paid off very, very well because I took a huge interest in wireless and I figured I learn about these wireless access points outside, then I could really make an impact here, even as a student employee. And that's something that is a theme of these talks, that student employees at SIU working in the OIT, uh, Office of Information Technology roles, make an impact. I mean, it's cool. It's super cool. Um, and I'll never, ever... Uh, um, stop believing that that's as much of a, an influencer factor on how some students get their their first careers um, than than almost anything else. So it's it's a it's a great thing that we've got um, going for students here at at Southern Illinois University. 
Um, do you want to talk a little bit more about what you did in those roles? Anything cool, like a, a certain project or some kind of accomplishment? So there was there was this loop that was happening, and the loop was caused because we had these um, we had these root APs, right? And we had all of these mesh APs, and some of these root APs would have these intermittent connection issues on the switches that would turn them into um, other repeaters. And it would happen so fast that it actually would create loops throughout the entire uh, network. So one cool thing I did was I partnered with my supervisor, Jay Anderson. Yeah, Jay. Um, Jay. Um, <laughs> he did a um, majority of the work. I'm not going to lie in troubleshooting the at things at the switch level, but he uh, was able to tell me why this was happening. And I was able to learn about why it was happening and apply that um, to my role today um, because uh, a lot of my work is heavily involving uh, wireless access points. But back to what we were talking about, I learned about the process of troubleshooting with um, other teams. I worked with telecom to figure out what's wrong with these um, fiber lines. A lot of them would be curled a bit too much. We would have these industrial switches on the light poles that would be crammed a bit too much, maybe they were improperly seated and the uh, fiber would be wrapped around too much. And we suspected this might have uh, some sort of issue. We also checked the SFPs that were in use. So we checked the transceivers and eventually we got everything back up. We identified um, basically what the issue was. It was just that it was a combination of different things involving how the fiber was and what transceivers were being used on these industrial switches. And we were able to remediate the issue for quite some time. Uh, eventually, we planned on, well, by now it already happened. We replaced them with extreme wireless uh, outdoor access points from Cisco. But um, that was a quite an accomplishment. Obviously, I did not do it on my own, but I was able to learn a great deal. And I was able to uh, do some things on my own that I'm very proud of. That's awesome. That's very, very cool. So... Excuse me. Um, so let's let's springboard that into what you're doing today, um, because you have a pretty cool job and you work for a company that everybody has heard of, but in a different capacity than a lot of the majority of the people that work for that company. So tell us tell us what you're doing today. So I am a tech engineer. Um, more specifically, a network support engineer tech is just kind of globally used for any um, anyone that provides vendor support that also speaks the language of a network engineer or whatever they're providing support for. So essentially what I do is I try to prove whether there's an issue with our product or if there is an issue with the configuration and basically partner with the customer client and basically determining the root cause of their issues, um, whether it be why are there two uh, different IP subnets being handed out on this one VLAN. Um, we're going to find out maybe you're, something's getting double tagged somewhere. There are really two DHCP servers within the same broadcast domain. It's probably why you have APs within the same uh, VLAN getting two different subnets assigned. So uh, things like that. So what is the company? Uh, Meraki. 
Cisco Meraki. So Cisco Meraki. So Cisco, everybody knows what Cisco is. They are the global leader, I'd say, uh, you know, in, in a lot of cases for, for technology and communications technology, networking, wireless security technology. But Meraki is a little different and a, is it still functionally separate from Cisco? So actually there are a lot of things that are happening now. So the Catalyst 9300 series are now having the ability to be turned into Meraki switches, essentially at a certain level, obviously at a certain level, and you're able to monitor them through our Meraki dashboard and eventually maybe even um, configured and managed by the Meraki dashboard. And we have Catalyst access points that are also able to be migrated from DNAC over to the Meraki dashboard as well. So that's already happening. So that's uh, the vision right now. Um, a lot of Cisco stuff, we're trying to figure out how to integrate with Meraki. So a lot of umbrella stuff, we have umbrella appliances, you can integrate with the Meraki dashboard, the umbrella SIG appliances. Um, it's used for SASE, I believe. So uh, if you want everything in your security, um, play in fabric to go to a um, single appliance in the middle just to be checked out, have a couple of other uh, things in place. Uh, it's not specifically something I troubleshoot. It's another team separately, but it's uh, something cool that's definitely starting to happen as well. So Meraki, um, I I know we've had a couple of students who in grads who who still work there. I think Ross Ross Ben is he still there? Ross is still here. Yes. Awesome, and he's out in San Francisco. He is not. He's uh, the Chicago office words are so difficult. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yes. So um, tell him I said hello next time you get a chance. He said his uh, hello as well, actually. All right. Um, so so Meraki as a company, I learned about them. They came uh, to our career fair as Cisco Meraki. Um, and, you know, Cisco is this big, large company. And Meraki was this group of young, uh, kind of energetic, passionate um, recruiters that were looking for folks to come and do internships and, and work out in San Francisco for Meraki. Um, and, and Meraki had just kind of been started to be brought into the folds under Cisco. Meraki really kind of um, had an innovative strategy for their products, right? They, they, they started out with security cameras and switches and access points and little security boxes. And they're kind of, distinguishing um distinguishing feature that that set them apart was their ability to be cloud managed right and yes. and to be cloud managed by you know somebody who didn't have like a a CCNN CCNP you know it could be done um with with uh you know less it, it's you know you see Cisco and you see the 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 command line and you see you know the terminal and 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 that's intimidating and Meraki is, was the uh, the the opposite. So um, I wanted to add Meraki, essentially uh, where it really shines is being able to manage everything through a single pane of glass. So you got your switches, you got your uh, security, SD-WAN appliances, uh, the MX line, by the way, um, your MT sensors, those are our IoT products, your access points all under one pane. You can go uh, look at one device within two clicks 
and kind of figure out what's going on. You can run all of your packet captures all on one page and just quickly check out uh, if you want to look at what's happening on uh, APP1 on the wired interface or if the wireless interface. Um, so we have a lot of cool features that can all be done under one single pane of glass, that dashboard. And I also wanted to mention that even though there's no CLI involved with Meraki, there's a lot that can be done with the Meraki API if you ever need to run any kind of automation. Okay. That's cool. So, so Meraki came out, they, they really shined in like this small, medium business. Everybody, they, they, they purchase all Meraki stuff and it's easy to run and it's easy to configure. It's easy to manage. It's easy to monitor all in one spot. And so Cisco thought, hey, this is a cool little company and let's buy them, right? Is that kind of what happened? That's pretty much what happened. Okay. So you find this job um, directly out of school and back in Chicago. And what was it like going into, like, what, what, tell us about the interview process, if you can. So the interview process was really interesting. It was really in-depth. Um, there were about five interviews total. Two of them, one of them was a written. You had to pretend that you were talking to another customer. How would you handle this situation, right? Um, another one was a troubleshooting interview. And it was less so about how much you knew about networking. It was just, what is your process like? How would you handle things from the bottom up, right? Are you going to go straight into asking more technical questions to the customer? Like, oh, what area is OSPF set in? Are you going to check immediately things at the physical layer or the arc table, things like that uh, mm -hmm. first? Which one are you going to do first? Uh, what's your process like? And they hired you for Chicago. Are you exclusively work from home? Um, we are hybrid, but after about six months, you can work from home, which is what I do. Um, I just uh, prefer less distractions when I'm talking to customers. Um, but the office is amazing. I do like going in every now and then. Okay, um, I, I um, wanted to, I wanted to make sure that was covered because I hadn't heard about Chicago, and I know how cool the San Francisco office sounded with like free tacos and ping pong tables and stuff like we that. have that as well too okay tell um, us about this office so we have amazing snack pantries we have uh coconut water your red bull which is my favorite thing at a uh, pantry uh cheese it's whatever you want hot cheetos we also have gourmet chefs that prepare meals for us um and that was very amazing to see myself get that opportunity to experience all these things is my first job right and it's it's just really amazing that we are privileged enough to have that and it speaks to kind of um is it mostly younger folks that are working where you're at yes it's actually a mix uh it's quite a mix but a lot of people are recent grads or people that came from the internship program okay and they're doing the internship program in chicago too Chicago or San Francisco. Okay, I'm going to have to look into that. So if you could, after you're done here, if there's somebody who coordinates the internships in Chicago, um, have them, give, them my, give them my number or my name so that I can reach out because we haven't seen them down. I'd love to have them down here or at least talk or do something similar like this. 
I actually, um, I told uh, Brad Hagee, I asked him the same question, like maybe um, do you have any people that from your networking class that you might want to recommend for this internship? Uh, I had some, I asked him that very briefly when I met him uh, once again at graduation. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, we can certainly do that too. Because we'd we'd love to have the, at least share the opportunity so that students could get up there if they're from Chicago, go and have a uh, a good experience learning and eat some eating some free tacos and stuff. So you get the job. Meraki's got like this cool atmosphere. It's kind of like makes you think of the traditional, you know, Silicon Valley startup type of, you know, all this fun and, you know, work hard, play hard type of thing. So what is it that you do? What is your role? You're a network support engineer. What is the day to day for Alex look like? So my day-to-day is very different every day-to-day. Okay. Uh, customers approach me with unique uh, situations. Um, they will first provide me with what's happening with their network. I can kind of gauge the kind of customer based off of what they represent the problem as, whether it's a symptom or the actual issue, right? Mm, okay. So I can gauge it from there and kind of a step-by-step walk with them through every setting. Um, you know, sometimes there's a situation where there might be a bug. I would have to collaborate with our development team. And sometimes even if it ends up with an escalation, escalations work very differently at Meraki, where there's a separate engineer that I work very closely with. Uh, there are many opportunities uh, to go through the rotations, um, being a part of escalations. This is going on a side tangent. I apologize. Uh, I was selected as one of them, so I feel very fortunate. Um, hopefully I'll be getting to join the rotations very soon. Um, yes. Yeah, so sometimes these situations end up, uh, being of grave uh, business impact and that's where that ends up. Um, that doesn't happen too frequently. Uh, usually these situations can be solved on under about 30 minutes to an hour. It just depends on what the customer is dealing with. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I very, I work very closely with sales and the product teams. Uh, you know, sometimes there's a question that's not in documentation. So I can just have a sync session with them, like a short five minute meeting saying, hey, um, is this expected behavior? Is this a feature that's gonna come out soon? Sometimes customers do uh, call me up and ask for a question that's not in documentation. Okay. And um, yeah, it's very collaborative. I talk to probably about, five, six of my peers on a daily basis. Um, that's very uncommon for a lot of people in IT. Sometimes they're just siloed, yeah. their own projects all day. Um, so I'm a very talkative person too. So I very much enjoy that. Uh, just being able to reach out to people um, out of the blue if they don't even know me or not. Sometimes I also collaborate with uh, other teams in Cisco. Uh, like the security teams, the people that troubleshoot didn't work with the um, the firepower appliances or the ASAs um, because there's an issue with a site-to-site tunnel between a Meraki device and a uh, um, firepower or ASA. We're just trying to figure out what's the root cause of this. This is the information from my end. What's the information from yours? Uh, very, very collaborative. Okay. That's pretty cool. You know, having... Yes. It's like your your own separate little, um, you know, 
bubble of Meraki folks, but you've got the resources of Cisco available when you need to pull them in to help. Yes, it's awesome. amazing. Sometimes I don't even work with Cisco. Sometimes I might have a case where the customer will call in Palo Alto tech oh, or okay. Fortigate tech. And um, I love working with other vendors too, because they get to drop knowledge on me. I get to drop knowledge on them. Yeah. Sometimes I work with Azure or AWS too. Um, it's it's rewarding at the end of the day, the amount of knowledge that you can take home. And you're just nine months into this and you've learned a ton. Yes, I came in thinking, I know how to troubleshoot. You know, I worked as a student employee. I, I know this and that. It's a really humbling experience. Sure. Um, your first month or so, you're learning about all these technologies you didn't think you would touch your first year in IT. It's it's amazing. And it's kind of almost like you somebody spins the wheel to tell you what problem they're going to have and what protocol or or what you know type of device that you might be having to help with um and so that's that's kind of a neat opportunity like like you said to just kind of absorb um what what you can learn from the people that are around you and while you work to solve problems for customers individually because um your job ultimately is to be a interface to the customer and to um, help them with the problem that they're calling in to report or, or, or chatting in or emailing in to, to, to report, correct? Yes. And another thing about Meraki that's unique to a lot of other tech teams is that we are full stack. So we troubleshoot wireless, we troubleshoot switching, we troubleshoot okay. firewalls, VPNs, um, a lot of different things, even APIs sometimes. It's very rare, but sometimes a customer will have an issue with their Meraki API or something they're trying to understand. And it's amazing that I get to grow and develop proficiencies in each of these areas. And that's going to make you tons more valuable to have that yes. experience. And and so that's that's neat because if you were working for Cisco, you know, the proper Cisco, you may be said you know, hey, this guy's going to do wireless stuff and he's only going to focus on this product line and you may never yes. see anything else. Um, That's so true. The and, cases get passed around sometimes because they might determine this is not a wireless issue. This is a switching issue. So it will go to the switching team in those cases with other TAC teams. Uh, but with Meraki, we say it's not a wireless issue. Okay, two clicks away. Let's look at the switch. Let's look at the Mac forwarding table. Let's see what's on here. Cool. Um, yeah. That's yeah. That's that's neat stuff. And so the 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 GUI that you guys have, the single pane of glass, the dashboard, you know, makes things look simple. But there's still very 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 powerful technology underneath that that it can have access to. And you guys are are putting out some some really neat solutions um, that I think others are trying to copy now. Auto VPN the ability to form a bunch of site-to-site -site tunnels in just two clicks, just That's amazing. Is that a huge... IPsec or what, what is that? It's IPsec. Neat. It's IPsec with a bunch of other protocols that sort of like could probably tell you something afterwards. But um, yes, uh, focus is mainly on IPsec. That's how auto VPN works. Um, I once had a case with somebody that it wasn't auto VPN specifically, but even the wireless access points, can form an IPsec tunnel to tunnel specific SSID 
over to a Meraki uh, appliance that's acting as a concentrator, right? Okay. And with them, I had to figure out why this wireless printer wasn't coming up on their other devices attached to the SSID. I had to explain to them, this is IPsec, so it's not going to really share any broadcast information with any of the other devices on that SSID. So, so these these are some funky scenarios that you yeah. are 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 sometimes having to blindly feel around to figure out how things are going with your customers. But it must be cool because if they're running Meraki stuff, you can see everything in their dashboard. Yes, the more Meraki equipment a customer has, um, the better it is in the long run. Um, just to track why things are not working between each other. That's the same for any other vendor, by the way. Mm -hmm. But for me specifically, I can see why an access point isn't coming online. Mm -hmm. I can quickly take a packet capture underneath the security appliance, the MX. I can say, hey, um, it looks like you only allowed these IP ranges. And I see that this IP is trying to work over 7753 over UDP. That's one of the protocols for the uh, Meraki cloud. It, it appears that um, this is getting blocked. I see in this Wireshark capture, uh, you know, it's not going up. It's not going through. Awesome. So you're learning a ton of cool stuff. I'm proud to proud to see it in 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 uh, in action. I guess. Um, let's. Um, do you have anything for students? And then I'm going to wrap up with uh, five quick fun questions. Anything that you'd want to give to recommend either about working at Meraki or you know finishing up their last semester, graduating, job hunt. Anything? Any advice? So the first one is certifications are so important. If you don't have that much experience, I, I'm pretty sure this is widely known, but something I would like to um, kind of emphasize because when there's a new grad role, they're going to look at so many students and they'll know the ones that are really into IT, the ones that will really put in the work outside of their studies on their other studies and they'll quickly be able to tell apart who's more passionate. And it is, um, it's something you will greatly get a leg up on if you decide to go after some certifications. I would heavily encourage trying to get your CCNA if uh, you're trying to do anything in security or uh, cloud or even sys administration, because the sys CCNA, something I wanted to mention was that, you know, it talks about, a lot of things that the Network Plus um, doesn't exactly cover. Maybe Network Plus has a good foundation of things uh, on the managerial side where you'll learn about SLAs and whatnot and how they come into play with uh, support functions um, or just basic theory. But you know things that are more applied like the CCNA, they'll explain to you why does port forwarding work? Mm -hmm. um, why does ARP work the way it does? Um, why does routing work the way it does? Uh, something like a CCNA out of college, I feel like will be something that ultimately puts you over the edge because, yeah. you know, they're going to, once you're at a, one of these companies as a new grad, you're going to want to make sure you know how these enterprise, uh, how this enterprise equipment really works, right? Good, good, good. And so you were talking about grad school before we hit record. Yes. And what did you tell us about your decision on grad school as of now? 
So grad school is something I wanted to do two years out of college, right? Um, my decision on that was just because of not just financial, but something I would great, get greater value out of because, mm -hmm. you know, ultimately if I went straight immediately for my master's at DePaul, at that time, I didn't even have my CCNA yet. Now I have my CCNA, but I'm probably not going to plan on even going until I finish my CCNP. Like I'm currently actually studying for the encore exam uh, right here. And okay. I'm going to go take the, uh, the design, uh, design path and then maybe get some cloud certs but i wanted to have a strong base of networking before i go down that road yeah getting a master's awesome and i think i think and i've said this before on these on these uh these discussions is that once you graduate giving yourself and i think two years is a perfect amount of time to uh develop and work and learn and kind of let uh what you learned in college sink in and be transformed into, you know, working knowledge and help you decide what you like and you don't like and what you remember and what you need to do again and learn more and help, at least with me, helped me to when I was able to do my my graduate degree um, a couple years out, it just made it that much more valuable because I was a smarter student and I knew more about the technology and um, it made the schooling more effective. I got a lot more out of it and it was at a point where i had earned tuition benefits so it was paid for and it's always good to let somebody else pay for your graduate school yes graduate school is very expensive it can be all right um so i have five questions to wrap up um kind of fun little questions are you ready sure let's go for it all right this one i'm hoping to uh i'm interested because of your where you live and where I used to live is the same area. So I'm, I'm looking for some local spots. Where do you like to go to eat? What kind of food, cuisine, or restaurants are your favorites? Uh, lately, it's really been seafood. seafood? Uh, there's a place in Logan called Crab Pad. Uh, my girlfriend and I just went there last week, and it was it was pretty good. Okay. It was really, really good. Um, another place I really love to go to is uh, this dim sum spot um Mingheng in Chinatown there are multiple Minghings throughout the city and even in the suburbs but in my opinion the Chinatown one is the best okay especially if you love dim sum okay cool do you have any books movies tv shows podcasts that you uh, have been enjoying binging anything tech or non-tech personal stuff that you want to recommend oh my gosh so you know tv series probably the Sopranos Favorite oh. TV show of all time. Um, another TV series I was uh, really into. I like things that don't necessarily take themselves too seriously. So like, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Okay, One of my nice. very long time favorite TV shows. Um, but I do like the occasional drama. Uh, Better Call Saul, I just finished that recently. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, I forgot his name. Bob Odenkirk is yep. an SIU alum as well. Yep. And he was down here a couple months back. It, yes. was, a, it was a big deal. He, he went to the uh, Banterra Center and people could come in and it was pretty cool. I didn't get to go, but it looked like a lot of fun. And, uh, and again, yeah. showing you that Salukis are proud of, of being Salukis because he talks about being a Saluki almost every time he seems to be on an interview or something. So glad to have him in, uh, in cool. the alumni pool. 
Um, is there any area of technology that you are interested in learning more about personally or for work? Anything that's catching your eye that you'd like looks cool and you'd like to check out? Automation. So I have been writing, I've been writing a lot of scripts lately, uh, just in Visual Studio. Um, my most recent one was just automating a catalyst switch to have its FTP, have its FTP, oh my gosh, have its image actually placed onto my FTP server, uh, my Windows uh, Active Directory server. Um, I also made one to audit a route table. And I've also been doing them for even some of my other things, um, like my PortaGate, uh, my Meraki appliance, but working with the API quite a bit, just uh, at firewall rules, things like that. Um, it's amazing. I see this technology going very, very far. Uh, yeah. I have not dug into learning Ansible yet. I did mess around a little bit with uh, Terraform. In Proxmox, I tried to create a uh, VM. Uh, I kept getting a... I don't know what it was. It was not a 404 error, but, you know, time to troubleshoot that out later time, I guess. Yep. Cool. Definitely really something cool. I'm very interested in. And and something that will save you lots of time and a useful, a useful skill and set of knowledge that will benefit you in a billion ways that you won't even think of, I'm sure. For and distinguish you as well. Yeah, exactly. Because now I think most uh, enterprise Fortune 500 companies expect their network engineers now to also know how to code and coding at um, higher levels every every single year what do you think you would like to be doing five to ten years from now five to ten years from now so i'm at a point in my career where i'm starting to think there are three different things i would really love to do Right now, I'm going to take the opportunities that Meraki is giving me to explore each of those. So I mentioned the escalations rotations. There's another program called MACE, uh, aspiring, uh, Meraki aspiring sales engineer. Okay. So that's another program that we have for our Meraki network support engineers to essentially learn the role of a sales engineer and um, find out if that's for you, essentially. That's something I'm definitely going to try for. Cool. Um, the third one, um, probably in an infrastructure role, we're making design decisions um, at a company, maybe even Meraki, um, as a network engineer. Network architect, that type of thing. Uh, maybe even a network architect eventually, yes. Yeah, uh, blur, kind of, sometimes those yeah. titles kind of blur together. So I, I get oh, what yes. you're saying. Or, awesome. you know, a fourth one, maybe even uh, doing consultancy and teaching. Okay. Yes. That's, yeah. I mean, consultancy, you can, you know, there's a lot of things involved with that. But the teaching, um, I just had somebody last Monday uh, or Tuesday, Jacob Bond, who is doing tech cyber stuff. And, and he got a job for Harper College and he's teaching out there and he's doing very well with that. So uh, for sure, uh, encourage encourage you to explore that option if that's of interest. And lastly, to wrap things up, if you could retire today and do anything you want, money is no object, what would you be doing? I was just talking about this with my girlfriend's family yesterday. I would start a fishery. A fishery? A fishery. I would drop everything and roll back into college for marine biology, uh, just to learn about marine biology. And, um, and, and start a fishery while I'm doing that. So what kind of fish are you going to be having at this fishery? Catfish. Catfish? Catfish. I really like catfish just as a species. I don't know why. I just have a weird fascination with them. 
Okay. So you're, I mean, for yes. eating or for putting in stock? Not even eating. I actually don't like to eat fish. I like seafood, but just not fish. Okay. It's, it's, it's very, very weird, but. I'm not saying anything. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, I, I, I really like fishing as well. So okay. it would be cool to have a bunch of people come hang out with me and fish in my pond full of catfish. Uh, they could throw them back or take them home to eat. That's up to them. You'll have plenty. Yeah, I'll have plenty. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you very much, Alex. I appreciate your time today. This has been fun. Um, I always like learning more about companies that I think are are special. I think Meraki is one of them. And uh, glad to see you doing well, um, so well with with them. And um, get that, uh, yeah, get me information about the, the internship program so I can make sure I get it shared for students who are looking for those opportunities so we can send more Salukis up to work in Chicago for Meraki. Will do. Awesome. Thank you very much. Have a good rest of your day and take care, Alex. Take care, Tom.